Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm your host, Tim Page Bodorf. A recent article just grabbed my attention in the Safety and Health magazine. It said drowsy driving is responsible for more than 6,400 U.S. deaths annually, according to the National Sleep Foundation. And you're three times more likely to be involved in a motor vehicle-related crash if you're driving tired. So this week is Drowsy Driving Prevention Week. The goal of this campaign is to reduce the number of drivers who drive while sleep-deprived. It happens to coincide with the end of daylight savings time. My two favorite states, Arizona where I live and Hawaii, where I have some dear friends, opted out of daylight savings time some years ago, and you too will join us. So more on that later, but back to the sleepy driving. We all know when we may be too fatigued to drive safely. We also know all the tricks we tell ourselves that will help us stay awake that actually doesn't work. In losing an hour of sleep each spring, that doesn't help either. We know from our Safe Start training what does work. Now, depending on how far your destination is, you may need to get off the road and grab a hotel. And so in today's world, I would not recommend pulling over for a cat nap. It's just too dangerous. Okay, if there's no hotel, and you're not far from your destination, what can you do? Well, think about it. Your body is hardwired to protect itself. So for example, a yawn. You don't think yawn is reflexive. Your body is pulling in oxygen. So get out of the car and do some brisk walking to increase the oxygen in your blood. If it's too dark to do this in a well-lit area, such as like maybe a Walmart parking lot, keep your eyes and mind on task. Now looking for creeps. That, in my experience, will buy you about 30 minutes more drive time. No studies, just my experience. So here's some tips from the National Sleep Foundation to help prevent drowsy driving. One, get seven to nine hours of sleep before you hit the road. Travel in pairs. A good driving companion is someone who stays awake to talk to you and will be aware of your alertness. Stop every 100 miles or maybe every two hours. And don't drink alcohol before driving. And make sure you're aware of all the potential side effects of any medication that you might be taking. Now, I'm going to just say something that someone will surely take the wrong way, so listen up. You have the right to take chances with your life. But I must remind you that your life is interconnected with others. Do you really want to put your family through all of that? While that is your right, what is not is to fall asleep behind the wheel and maybe drift across the center lane, take someone else's life, and perhaps put their family through that nightmare. And in this case, your right, your rights end at the center stripe. All right, end of the rant. So this conversation would not be complete without recognizing that there are laws that limit driving hours, like in the trucking industry. But we all know that logbooks, they can be fiddled with. And despite that, we know laws are not the complete answer. So take this for an example. How about the uh, quality sleep that you get? How physically in shape are you? And the aforementioned undiagnosed sleep apnea or maybe any other sleep disorders? The bottom line is, is that laws will never be the end all be all. So let's get back to daylight savings time. Are you ready to say goodbye to daylight savings time forever? I mean, that extra hour of sleep we picked up last weekend, there's a chance it could be the last time. 
So last year, the U.S. Senate unanimously approved a bill called the Sunshine Protection Act. That would make daylight savings time permanent after the clocks spring forward in March of next year. And that would set permanent standard time starting November 5th, 2023. So the measure has not yet passed in the U.S. House of Representatives, nor has it been signed into law by President Joe Biden. Now, many think that daylight savings time was conceived to give farmers an extra hour of sunlight to till off their fields. But this is really a common misconception. In fact, farmers have long been opposed to springing forward and falling back since it throws off their usual harvesting schedule. Plus, I've never known a farmer who didn't work from sunup to sunset. So the real reasons for daylight savings are based on energy conservation and a real desire to match daylight hours to the times when most people are awake. The first real experiments with daylight savings time began during World War I. Germany and Austria, they implemented a one-hour clock shift kind of as a way of conserving electricity that was needed for the war effort. The United Kingdom and several other European nations, they adopted daylight savings shortly thereafter. And of course, the United States, they followed suit in 1918. Now, while Germany and Austria were the first countries to implement daylight savings, the first towns to implement a seasonal time shift were Port Arthur and Fort William in Canada in 1908. So most Americans only saw the time adjustment really as a wartime act and it was later repealed in 1919. But standard time, it ruled until 1942 when President Franklin D. Roosevelt reinstituted daylight savings during World War II. So this time, more states continued using daylight savings after the conflict ended, but for decades, there was little consistency with regard to its schedule. Finally, in 1966, Congress passed the Uniform Time Act, which standardized daylight savings across the country and established its start and end times in April and October, which, of course, as we all know, later changed to March and November, and that was in 2007. So today, daylight saving time is used in dozens of countries across the globe, but it remains a controversial practice. Most studies show that its energy savings are only negligible, And some have even found that costs are higher since people in hot climates are more apt to use air conditioners in the daytime. Trust me, I know. Phoenix, perfect. And as the late, great Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. Man, I miss that guy. I want to take uh, take the time now to thank each of you for listening today. Please share this podcast with others. And on behalf of all the team here at Safe Talk with Safe Start, I'm Tim Page Botterf. And in the spirit of Paul Harvey, we're all wishing you a good day.